Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody. Are you tired of losing leads? Well, then I want you to go back to episode 157. We interviewed Tom Caffarella, and this guy is a monster at finding leads, keeping leads, and converting leads. And Tom has a special offer for you. He is now giving away his simple three-step process for how you can more than double your investment business this year by building a brokerage team without taking up any of your time. What? And if this sounds awesome, which it does, you can find all about it at www.buildateamthatbringsyoudeals.com. Again, www.buildateamthatbringsyoudeals.com. Everything you need to know, go check it out. Well, hello again. This is Jason with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Thank you again so much for joining us today. And Again, if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. And you can always find this also on all the other platforms, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio. And now find us also on YouTube. The video will be up and coming today. So we're very excited for our guest today, Yona Weiss. Yona is going to talk about a topic that we haven't covered on our episodes after almost 100 and almost 200 episodes, is cost segregation. Why this is going to be an important topic for you to understand because once you understand it, you're going to be kicking yourself that you haven't done this on your portfolio quickly before. So, Yona, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, congratulations. Sorry, Pili can't join us, but obviously for a very good reason. Yes, that's right? right. Yep. We just had our third addition to the family come over the weekend and we're blessed. Happy and healthy baby boy. So thank you so much for that. Thanks. And a little bit more about Yona. So Yona is a powerhouse with property owners tax savings as a business director at a national cost segregation leader, which is Madison Specs. Yona in his short career has assisted clients in saving tens of millions of dollars in taxes through cost segregation. And over the past 12 years, Madison Specs has done over 12,000 cost segregation studies. And I believe with the new tax code, it's probably going to double pretty quick. (laughs) Covering all 50 states and resulting in over 2 billion in tax savings, which is absolutely why we're so excited to have you on the show today. So, Yona, welcome to the show. And uh, tell us a little bit about, generally we, we talk about how do we How'd you get into real estate investing? But for you, how did you find cost segregation? Where did it really stand out to you? You know, it, it kind of fell into my lap. Um, I, my background is not in taxes and is not in engineering, which are two components to cost segregation that are integral. Uh, I really, my background is teaching and I was really, you know, love real estate and everything to do with real estate. And this company, Madison, which is really known for, especially in the tri-state area, as being a, a title company, um, Madison Title. And one of the branches that they have is this cost segregation firm, which is one of the uh, companies under their umbrella. And I really got introduced to the company. And, you know, they needed someone to take a more business role um, in, you know, reaching out to new clients, helping to spread the word about cost segregation. And that, you know, I kind of stepped into that. And it's been an amazing ride. 
So I've been able to, you know, do a lot of these, speak to amazing people like you and your network and, you know, just kind of teach the world about an amazing tax strategy that just really gets overlooked. And I think it's one of those um, things that either you know about it or, or you don't know about it. And unfortunately, there's probably way too many people that don't know about it. And so I'm, um, you know, coming on these to kind of change that. Great. We love that. And so before we jump into the specifics, why don't you give us the real estate for dummies high level version of what cost segregation is, and then we'll dive into how we're using it today. All right. So for dummies, we'll do like this. Um, cost segregation is first of all, a weird name, right? That the IRS gave to this, uh, amazing tax strategy. And it has to do with depreciation. Depreciation is a deduction on your income tax for any property owner, um, investment property or business property owner has a deduction called depreciation, which is based on the value of the property. Cost segregation allows you to take accelerated depreciation deductions, meaning instead of depreciating a property over 27 and a half years or 39 years for commercial, you get to actually take the benefits within the first five years a whole chunk of that, not, not all of it, but a whole chunk of those benefits in the first five years um, by bringing in an engineer to the property to take a survey and find all of the assets in the building and outside the building that depreciate over a faster life. So Reader's Zydus version, it's a great tool to increase your uh, deductions, lowering your income tax liability, uh, which potentially can even go all the way down to zero and increasing your cash flow using that money that you would have given to the IRS and spending it, reinvesting it in another property and another property and keep it going. So the IRS always wants our tax money. So why, why do they have this? Why do they want us to do this? It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing. I'm not sure what the mindset, you know, why they initiated this, you know, it, it has taken a number of developments over the years. It was originally initiated about 30 years ago um, and it had a different name. It was called component depreciation or segmentation. But regardless, they, they really, um, you know, there's got to be a way that they're making money out of this. But it turns out that they highly recommend that, recommend that all properties do this process. And unfortunately, they don't, they don't enforce it. They don't tell you you have to do it. And I actually just read a book, Tom Wheelwright, Tax-Free Wealth, a great book, highly recommended. Um, one of the Rich Dad um, series is actually you know, Robert Kiyosaki's uh, accountant. So he says over there an amazing quote I just read last week, and I just want to share it. He said that most people, uh, the IRS knows that because of the laziness of people, real estate investors and their accountants, right? They're not going to tell people that they have to do this, which in turn, you know, winds up more um, revenue for the U.S. Treasury. So it, uh, it's, a, it's a balance. They want you to do it, which will give you more cash flow. And, it, and in turn, according to that logic, it helps the economy. Obviously, we know that real estate investing helps the economy, um, helps people find housing, you know, better housing, helps people give more people jobs. And it's better for the economy, so they give more tax benefits for people who are helping the economy. And I guess that's what it sums up in. And, you know, it, if it were, you know, just based on my logic, I never heard this from anyone else, but, you know, the, if you look at um, the new tax reform that just happened, 
which there are a ton of benefits for real estate investors, which we'll get into a little bit. Uh, if you look at Congress and um, you know, House of Representatives, the Senate, over 80% of them are real estate investors. So it actually, <laughs> it makes pretty good sense that they're going to make and pass laws that are going to benefit real estate investors. But that's just my logic. Uh, that's a great point. So <laughs> let, let's talk about now a little bit more in terms of the cost segregation. So if I'm a real estate investor, can I use a cost segregation study uh, across all spaces? If I own, you know, commercial real estate or, you know, retail, office, industrial, or if I own a multifamily, single family house, what can I do this on and where does it not make sense to do it? You can do it on any property except for your primary residence. So, right, because there's no depreciation deductions on your primary residence, but any investment property across all asset classes, you can do it. There are gonna be some types of properties that are gonna have more benefit than others based on um, the five-year assets, the five-year life assets, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit maybe, that maybe we'll take a step back and see what exactly um, the process sure. of, of uh, the cost segregation of, you know, re-allocating assets to faster depreciation lives. So let's take a step back. Great. We mentioned before that a property depreciates, if it's residential, multifamily, single family, depreciates over 27 and a half years, right? Commercial properties, and that's everything else, like you named office, industrial, retail, you name it, depreciates over 39 years. So that what that means is that when you buy a property, you take the value of the property, um, you subtract uh, land allocation because land does not depreciate. So a certain percentage of that value when you bought it has to be given over to the land. It's usually around 15 to 20%, pretty standard. Some places in the country, it's going to be even higher. Some places less. It really depends on the state, county. Um, but once you have that basis, it's called the depreciable basis, the value of that property, you go ahead and take that depreciation deduction over the next 27 and a half years, one fraction of that, okay? So simple terms, you buy a property for $27.5 million, okay? Just keep it round. Um, and that's after the land allocation. Let's see, you bought it for 30 million and you made a deduction you know, for the land of two and a half. You left with 27.5 million. That means every year for the next 27 and a half years, you can take a $1 million deduction from your income tax, okay? That's called straight line depreciation. What cost segregation does is it uses the audit guide that the IRS put out that says there are things in the property that are called like personal property that are not actually part of the structure of the building, but rather the things in the property like um, appliances, um, carpeting, you um, certain electrical, um, wall coverings, certain special purpose plumbing, all kinds of things, you know, outlets, things that are not part of the structure but are within the building, right? So those things actually depreciate over five years. When an engineer can come who's, you know, proficient in this tax code and says, takes all of that information and adds it up and says, hey, you know what we found in your property, there's you know, about 20% of the value of the building can be reallocated to faster depreciation life in this five-year property. So you can go ahead and take that deduction within the first five years instead of spreading the whole thing 
over 27 and a half. That's in a nutshell how cost segregation works. So that being said, there are certain properties that are gonna have more of that five-year property. I'll give a classic example. Um, uh, you know, a health facility, let's say like a nursing home, skilled nursing facility, okay? There's a ton of special purpose electric. The beds, they're very expensive, right? All kinds of equipment. Um, and, and that's in every single room, right? All that stuff has a tremendous amount of value and therefore the property, when it's bought as a whole, especially when the business is involved in the buying of the property, which happens often in a nursing home, a lot of the value can actually be allocated to that equipment and that um, you know, furniture and appliances and stuff like that, which means that there's going to be a much higher percentage of that five-year property. Uh, for example, 30% or 40% even can, can be allocated to that five-year property. And so they're going to get a lot more benefits up front. Wow. So incredible use for this. And, and if you're looking today, if to me, it would make sense that, so on the other side, if you had a single family home as a rental, it may not be the best use just because it'll right. be hard. But now if you're talking about multifamily, this can be a really point. So walk us through the process. I, I say, okay, I buy a, a 12 plex or a 12 unit. And I say, right. oh, well, maybe I should just call segregation study. I call you up and, and put it in front of you. What's the next steps to a process here? Yeah, sure. You call, you know, myself or, you know, there's plenty of other firms out there as well. But, um, Usually accountants don't do this. So you have to contact a firm like ours unless you have one of the large accounting firms that you know, would have engineers on staff to do this in-house. The next step is we'll provide a, what's called a feasibility analysis or like an estimate, which we provide complimentary, you know, free of charge, no obligation, which will show you the numbers that we project you'll be saving, you know, the taxes you'll, you'll get, uh, the tax benefit you'll have from doing a full cost segregation study. And that, you know, is a great way to just make an educated decision to see if that's going to work for you, right? So um, that's, that's the first step that we'll do. And that generally we need very minimal information to, to do that. So we'll need like the address, we'll, you know, which, which then we can pull public records and get like the square footage and um, the purchase price, which is going to establish the value, like we said, the depreciable basis, then we'll need, you know, the, when you bought it, right? Cause that's also going to establish when, when you're going to start depreciating that property. So based on those things, we can make an estimate based on the thousands of properties we've done similar to those. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll give you that. You can make an educated decision, see if it makes sense. Now just our kind of benchmark to see when for sure it's going to make sense. I like to say a property purchased over $1 million um, is usually going to have tremendous benefit. Okay. Enough that for sure it's going to outweigh the cost and there is a cost involved in running a full study. Um, but over a million dollar property, the benefits are going to far like 10 times, at least 10 to 20 to 30 times outweigh the, the cost involved. Wow. And so, if I was to buy maybe a multifamily that had a repositioning factor on it and I was mm -hmm. going to go in there and spend $5,000 a unit fixing up the property and I'm going to do that over the next six to nine months, would it be mm -hmm. better for me to engage you day one or wait until I'm done with the renovations? That's a great question. And it really, it depends on two things. Um, the first thing is 
Um, really, are you going to, and, and this is really a step back. Uh, when does class segregation work? For who does it work? Right? When does it work? And I would say it's not always going to work. And one of the main deciding factors is this is going to affect your overall tax situation, your tax strategy. Now, if you're not making money, right, if you don't have a tax liability, <laughs> you know, and there are people that are not and their tax structure just doesn't function that way, then it doesn't make sense to have extra deductions, right? So the first deciding factor is, are you making money um, to be able, you, know, you want this extra deduction to offset that? That's the first thing. Now, if that's so, then the best thing to do is to get in there right away. Why? Because you can actually double dip when you're doing renovations. You can get the accelerated depreciation based on the property the day you bought it. Okay, so let's say you bought a property for a million dollars, right? You can go ahead and run the cost integration study right away. Claim those benefits. The engineer will take and assess everything in the property. Then you're going to spend the time, like you said, upgrading the units, right? Disposing of stuff, putting in new, uh, you know, cabinets, what have you, putting in new uh, tiling, whatever it is. You can actually go ahead and write off. When you dispose of those cabinets, you can write off the value that's left in it. And there's still going to be some value. It's not going to be the full value, but there's some value left in that. You can write that off. And then when you put in the new stuff, you can do the conservation again on the new, the additional. So when you're spending a few hundred thousand dollars in capital expenditures and improvements, it makes sense to do the conservation actually twice. Once when you buy it, and then again when you uh, finish the renovations. At the end, especially, and I say especially when it's going to cover two tax years, right? Because you can actually double, you can get the benefits in the year that you bought it. And then let's say you're going to spend six to nine months, like you said, and by the time you finish, it's going to be a new tax year. You can get the, do the accelerated depreciation again in the new tax year. So if I'm doing this study and I'm, I'm still stuck a little bit on the single family house, topic. If say I have 10 or 20 single family houses, can I do one study across all of my houses? Would that be a format where it may work for some investors? It could be. It, it really depends again on the basis. Um, you know, when we're going to look at the overall basis now, it depends if you bought them as a portfolio versus you, as you bought them individually one by one. The difference is that you're going to be depreciating each one separately. Got it. So you're actually going to have to have, um, a engineer come to each property. And when you're dealing with single family homes, each property is uniquely different, you know, unless you're, you know, you're developing. Um, and I have a guy right now who's developing, you know, 20 townhomes on one street and they're all identical. Right. So in that case, it's going to be very easy and similar to multifamily in which the engineer will only have to go into like one or two sample units. Right, let's say a one-bedroom unit, a two-bedroom unit, a three-bedroom unit, and then use those findings to apply to everything else because they're identical. Whereas when you're dealing with a portfolio of single families and they're all unique, you need to go into each one. So it's a lot more tedious. It's going to be a lot more work involved on the engineer's part. And so therefore, the cost involved in doing the studies is going to be, you know, each house is going to be its own study as opposed to a multifamily where you have, you know, a 20, 30, 40, 400 unit building, the cost is going to be the same. Whether it's a 20 unit building or whether it's a 400 unit building, the cost is pretty much the same. Gotcha. And now if we look at it from a real estate investor's perspective, what would you 
categorize as the top three or five benefits to an investor for doing this? Um, I'd say, and maybe you want to share your, because uh, you, you've done it yourself. So I'd love to hear from you. You are the investor who's used it. So I'd love to hear from you after I tell mine. Sure. Uh, or maybe you want to go first. No, that's <laughs> you're the professional here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the uh, camera on and not mess things up. <laughs> but uh, I'd, say, I'd say the number one reason is cash flow. And that's what you know, real estate investors are dealing with. Um, you know, appreciation of the property is and cash flow are usually the two top things people are looking at when investing in real estate, right? Um, whereas the tax benefit is, you know, maybe a third, fourth kind of thing down the line. However, cost segregation actually increases the cash flow. So even though it's a it, on the one hand, it's a tax benefit, which is kind of lower down on the pole, but it increases the cash flow because it's going to lower your income tax liability, lower down the check you got to cut to the IRS. And many times, like I said before, nail it down to zero. You're not going to be paying any taxes if you're doing it properly with the right strategy. All your money that you're making and cash flowing from your properties, you're going to put back into them or put back into another property. It's a cash flow is number one. Um, another benefit, it helps with the overall. Um, you know, I'd say tax strategy, right? In compliance with the way that the IRS is looking at things. In fact, when you're doing a consideration, people often ask me, does this raise a red flag with the IRS doing a consideration? And the, the simple answer is no, of course not, because you are depreciating the property in the right way the IRS wants you to do it. So it's not gonna, it's actually going to be more beneficial. Um, so that's a second thing that's going to help you. Uh, I'd say a third thing would be, uh, let's see, trying to kind of stuck over me. I got to prepare a little more, but um, yeah, let's just think. Well, before we jump on that, is there any point that if I own a property and today I'm listening to the podcast and mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I've owned this 10 unit for five years now. I just oh. cross segregation study today. Well, can I still do this study five years after owning the property? Absolutely. That's a great question. And so the, the, yes, you can, you can do it retroactively and actually you don't even have to open up previous year's tax returns to do that. There's a simple form that we actually help as part of our service to fill out for you, which is called 3115 3115 form, which is a change of depreciation. You can tell the IRS, Hey, I've been doing it straight line all these years. Now I want to change that and do it in the segregated categories of five-year, 15-year, 27-year property. Um, just came to me a couple more reasons why you might want to do it, and which is something I mentioned before, kind of in passing, about when you're doing improvements. So when you, um, like I said, you can do those concentration immediately upon purchase, and then when you um, do the renovations, you can write off the stuff that you dispose of, right? Now you can't really write that off unless you've, first given a value to them. So that's what the conservation actually does. Since we're giving a value to every single asset within the property, you can now come to the IRS and say, I've provided the value of this X, Y, and Z. You know, the cabinets cost this amount, it allocated the cost to, to that, and the, the wiring to this, the tiles to this amount. Now you can write it off because you've already established what the cost of those things are. Whereas when you buy a whole property, you don't know how much you know to allocate to shelving or to you know an oven or what have you. 
when the engineer comes and gives the price to those things, the cost to those things, you can now come and say, now I can write the value off. And so I own this property and maybe it's a syndication and I have a hold period for four to six years. Okay. And I do this cost seg study and we're broken down into different, different years. If I end up selling it at year two, what happens with this depreciation that I've pushed forward into five years? Okay. So that's a great question. And this is one of like the most um, deterrents that people don't want to do cost segregation or don't, you know, in general, is what's called depreciation recapture tax, which is like the most dreaded tax that is out there, right? <laughs> You're buying they're all, property. They're all dreaded, right? They're all, they're all dreaded. But when you, you it's, a lot of times it comes unexpected, right? Um, you know, especially, and there are a lot of people who don't even take depreciation for some reason or another. They may not even know that they're allowed to take depreciation or may not even know that they should take depreciation. They're, you know, especially someone who's doing the books on their own and they're not engaging an accountant to do it for them. There's plenty of people out there that want to save money by, you know, doing QuickBooks or on their own or what have you, and they're missing out on depreciation. Now, the IRS doesn't look at it like that. They're going to assume that you took depreciation whether you took it or not. So when you go ahead and sell a property, you have to pay a tax on the depreciation deductions that you took. Okay. So the tax that you're paying is going to be lower usually than your tax rate had you paid that money originally. So in the end of the day, you're going to benefit either way because you have, it, you know, what we call the time value of money. Having, you know, a thousand dollars in your hand today is worth more than it is having it five years from now. Right? Yeah. So the depreciation recapture tax is going to be, it's capped out at 25% um, on the amount that you took up front. So that's, that's one reason. So that when you do cost segregation, there's two things that happen because the property is now allocated into different asset classes. There's the building, which depreciates over one category. And then there's the personal assets, uh, the five-year property or 15-year property, which is land improvement, depreciate at a faster rate. Okay, for anyone who wants to know what these are called in a technical term, the building is called 1250, 1250, mm -hmm. and the personal assets are called 1245. Those are the code sections in the tax code that discuss these different properties. So you might see that come up in discussion, 1245 property or 1250 property, um, if you're reading up on cost segregation. Yeah, not there's actually they're actually taxed at different rates. The depreciation recapture is taxed at different rates for those two assets, which is important to note also. Um, the building is taxed at, at uh, like you said, capital gains rates, which is capped at 25%. It really depends on your, in, your, uh, your income tax rate. And whereas the, uh, the other stuff is actually taxed at your normal regular income tax rate. You know, and I'm going to, I'm not going to ask the cost of a study because it's, it's not a <coughs> question because there's a cost first, you know, every office building with, you know, 7,000 offices versus, you know, a, a duplex is going to have a different cost. But the way sure. I looked at it was 
is the cost of this study, does the benefit of the study outweigh the cost? And, and that's usually how we take it for, from my perspective. And that was helpful for at least right. looking at what I was getting back from it. And it greatly outweighed the cost of the study very quickly. So I would definitely be looking into this if, I, if I'm listening to this podcast and I, I have properties that I'm holding. And of course, as you spoke about, the whole pattern is very important too. You don't want to get stuck that you buy a property and you do this cost of study and you're selling it six months later and it might be a, a quick turnaround for you to do this. So we've had this new tax code come into place. What is now the change and how is that affecting the use of cost seg studies? Right. So the main change that took place with the tax reform, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, for anyone who's watching this, you know, 10 years from now or whatever, right, we're talking about uh, the end of 2017, right, there was uh, the tax reform. This, the main thing that affected cost segregation is what's called bonus depreciation, okay? And it's coined 100% bonus depreciation. And what that means is that the amount that you can accelerate, which we said the five-year property and the 15-year property, you can accelerate that depreciation. So with bonus depreciation, it allows you to take that deduction within the first year of ownership instead of spreading it over five years or over 15 years, you can actually elect, you don't have to, you can elect to take either 100% or 55-0% of that uh, depreciation in the first year of ownership. Wow. And so yeah. if, let me think about how I form this question. If if I own a property I, and maybe I'm still, you know, I brought it before the tax code was put into place, and it's still within that, that time frame. and I've already done a cost seg study. Can I go back and have that cost seg study revamped to include this? No, because you can only do this within, within the first year of ownership. Okay. So, and, and the cutoff date um, or the starting point date was September 28th, 2017. So if you bought property after September 28th, 2017, you are now eligible for this. However, if you already filed taxes, uh, for on that property for the first year, you can no longer benefit. You can no longer take advantage of the bonus depreciation. Got it. But going forward, this is a huge asset to have in your tool belt. So that's huge, huge. Absolutely. What, we can talk cost, second like study, get into it for, for days here. What would be some of the points that, that we definitely have to get across the board right now for people listening to the podcast, what would be one thing that maybe we haven't touched on? If there is any that you would say that is something very important for the listeners to know about cost. You know, you know, educate yourself. And this is really what, you know, your podcast and I love your podcast, you guys, you and Pili, like you're just educating, you're, you're telling real estate investors or, you know, whether it's aspiring real estate investors or whether it's, you know, long-term seasoned real estate investors, you have to constantly be educating yourself not only to you know, all the new things that are out there and happening, and there are a lot of changes constantly, like this new tax reform, but there's so many things that I'm constantly learning, uh, so many different aspects of real estate that you have to kind of consider and, and keep educating yourself and learning. So conservation is one of those things, like you said, it's, it's a bit complicated when you get into the nitty gritty, you know, I'm not an accountant, I'm not an engineer, and so, I could explain all the nitty gritty details, but in the end of the day, you need to hire an expert to kind of do this for you, uh, who is you know, a firm that is an engineer, 
based firm, has engineers and staff that are accountants that can comply with all of the rules and the guidelines set up by the IRS. So I think one of the things, and this actually, someone asked me this question this week, just this week, you know, can I do it? Your, can, is there like a do it yourself kind of cost segregation? Can you just, you know, is there like a cheat sheet or, you know, and, and the simple answer is no, because, you know, obviously you, you can try, but if a person were to get audited and God forbid, no one wants to get audited, but if a person were to get audited, it's for sure going to fail because there's a whole guideline. And one of those things is it needs to be prepared, you know, by an engineer or someone who is well-versed in the tax code uh, of this, the cost segregation, the audit guide put out by the IRS. You have to comply with all of the, you know, all the, all the guidelines. And there's, you know, hundreds of pages of like terse detail. And when we prepare a study, it has all the, you know, it can be 80, 90 pages of, you know, just lists of all the assets and all the values and includes all of the, you know, rulings that the IRS put out, all the rulings that were gone through Congress about cost segregation and you will put it together and it's hundred percent recognized by IRS. Yeah, and, and a great point there. It's like if you're doing a syndication and you think you're going to draw up your own papers just to save you $10,000 and not think about the uh, securities fraud that you might <laughs> trouble you might get into 10 years down the road. Sounds good right. on paper, but ideally the professionals are professionals why they are and, and yourself included. And a great point you made there is that if when you're thinking about buying properties, you want to have your team members assembled and a cost segregation company and person like Yona, this is one of the people that you have to have on your team. So your property managers, your brokers, your accountants, your insurance people, your cost segregation people, you have to have these people because they, they again, like you may have never heard of this before and not doing it. You're doing great with your property, but now think about if you add this into your tool belt and put this with your property, how much more benefit you'll get out of your property. So Yona, sure awesome information. Thank you so much for today and really appreciate it. And if our listeners want to reach out, find more, uh, talk to you more about the studies, talk to you more about just your company in general, just hear more about you. Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, LinkedIn. That's a great place. I, I uh, post there a lot. I'm very active on the platform. Great platform. Uh, you can find me. There's not too many people called Yona Weiss out there. So I don't think you're going to miss me. Um, you can reach me. My email is yweiss first letter, first name, last name, uh, at madisonspecs.com. That's our company. You can check us out on our website, Madison Specs. And, um, you know, yeah, feel free to reach out anytime. Again, it's important to get an educated decision, right? Like you said, this is a, an amazing tool. So it can't hurt to look at the numbers and, you know, run it with your accountants. And there are a lot of accountants, you know, something I get all the time is, hey, my accountant's probably doing this for me, right? Yeah. No, no. The answer is no, probably they're not. And so why? Because they're not engineers. And so they need to engage your firm. And if they did, you'd know about it, right? Because they're going to bring you on board to teach you about it and to let you know that you're getting this extra benefit. So a lot of times they get that, oh, my accountant's probably doing this for me. Don't assume anything. You know, you want to educate yourself. You want to get the numbers. You want to see if it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely agree. And definitely go on to LinkedIn, connect with Yona Weiss there. He's got some great articles. He's posting great content, get you a lot more information on the cost segregation topic. And so Yona, thank you so much for today. It's really great to have you on. Thank you. And thanks for having me right after, uh, you know, having a baby. That's uh, 
I'm sorry, Philly, obviously, for good reasons, couldn't join yeah. us today. But We've uh, had a couple of days in between, so it wasn't this <laughs> that, I, that might have been pushing a little bit. So, But, Yona, thank you so much. Again, absolutely grateful to have you on. This is a great topic, people. So um, hopefully someone, people are going to take advantage of this and you're going to reap the rewards hand over fist. Again, this is Jason and Peely with the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day now. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.